Welcome to the Full 10 Yards Power Rankings Podcast with Josh Henwood and your host Liam Horsley. Hello and welcome to the first Power Rankings Podcast for the Full 10 Yards. I'm your host, Liam Horsley. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Liam Horsley and I'm joined by the king a full 10 yards and also the king of power rankers in the UK it is Mr. Josh Hemwood. Josh, how you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. With every podcast that we do, you elevate me just a little bit more in terms of titles. I'm enjoying this. You're 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 a loyal subject, and uh, <laughs> I think that the uh, the the higher that these go, the uh, the more standing that you'll find in said kingdom. So uh, no, you're doing well so far, mate. Much appreciated. Yeah, we have to butter you up before we slam the actual power rankings themselves as the season the season goes on. But we'll see how that goes. Um, as I said, this is the first show that we're doing of this nature. So me and Josh are going to get together every week uh, and chat all things power rankings. Uh, again, it'll be a 20, 30 minute pod um, just to talk about Josh's rankings that he puts out at Full 10 Yards on Twitter. And you can find it on the Full 10 Yards website and see which ones you're, uh, you're right and wrong, mate. But um, let's start, I guess, where uh, everyone wants to start, the top five of these rankings are important. So number one, you have the Buffalo Bills. Two, you have my Kansas City Chiefs. Three, you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then four and five, you have the two LA teams, the Rams at four and the Chargers at five. So not much movement from week one to week two. Um, I guess first question is, uh, how much of a tier is it from number one to everyone else at the moment? Oh, so, uh, yeah, first of all, no movement at all. I felt like there was no need whatsoever, which was great for me not having to change anything from a design aspect because these things take forever when you actually put them through in design. Um, but bills are currently sort of, you know, they are one. It's not a case of 1A, 1B. They are they are simply one. And then you've got Chief 2. Uh, Bucks, Rams, and Chargers. Um, you could consider them 3A, 3B, 3C in my mind, and maybe even Philadelphia perhaps as 3D, but there is a chasm there. So maybe you actually stick them as maybe 4A, 4B, 4C, and 4D. I think that they that there is a that there is definitely a, 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 a drop hazard between two and three because you know the, the the Chiefs did really well I think in terms of being able to grind out that win against the Chargers at one point I didn't think they were going to do it it was one of those games where I think that um I think Andy Reid called an actual terrible game um you know and just did not make the adjustments that he should have uh Justin Herbert's injury I thought was monumental um I actually had the Chiefs winning this by 10 no by nine i had them winning by and i was hoping that you just hold on for that uh to that 10 point win in the end but no uh unfortunately herbert was able to uh to battle garden god knows what else in order to actually make that uh touchdown throwing him but the charges are for real uh the rams are better on paper than they are on the field at the moment but you know, it's still early in the season. I expect them to do better. The Bucks have still got some issues to work out, but they're getting wins, and that's all that matters. The, the Chiefs, you know, you'd rather be two and zero after playing the Cardinals and the, and the Chargers. So absolutely no issues there. And the the Bills are just smashing everybody at the moment. Yeah, I completely agree. When when your top three teams go into week two and then they all win a game, it's very hard to have much movement in that top three, isn't it? I guess in terms of absolutely. anyone dropping out the top that top five. Um, is it just the 
the Rams after a bit of a slow start in week one, maybe a bit of a weak second half in, in week two. Are they the team in the top five that most dangerous falling out next week for you? Um, so all five teams in the top five have games where I would expect them to win, potentially with the Bucks being the anomaly as they play the Packers. Um, if they all win, they'll all stay, I think, because they've earned that right. Um, but if there is a, you know, there could be some movement with the Bucks if they were to, for example, lose heavily to the Packers, for example, because the Packers have moved around quite considerably just within the first three weeks in any case. So, you know, they would probably have to move up a little bit. I wouldn't say into the top five, but the Bucks would then probably have to move down um you know as to whether or not it'd be outside the top five entirely it depends on how good the eagles get on the eagles are um are looking good for a win on sunday as well so you know i wouldn't say that anybody is particularly safe within that top five with exception of the bills and the chiefs um the Chargers, obviously um with a loss uh to kansas city you know that i i did have a bit of a um a bit of a crisis as to whether or not to keep them at five, considering that the Eagles look as strong as they do. But um, I felt that their performance spoke louder than the result, especially against a team like the Chiefs. So, you know, it, it definitely wasn't simple to keep it at that level um, from one through five. But um, next week, I don't envisage having to change it. But if I do... It probably isn't the Rams, stupidly enough. It's probably either the Bucks, based on who they've got, or the Charge, because then they would go one and two if they were to lose. So, uh, yeah, that's probably where I'm leaning more. Yeah, it probably would be tough to have a one and two team in the in the, uh, in the top five. But like you said, Brady's got the Packers. Uh, the Rams actually face the Cardinals in a rematch of that playoff game from last year next week. And the Chargers play the Jacksonville Jaguars, who've started the season very well. So they should win, but... We'll see if uh, if that happens. Justin Herbert. Well, the Colts injured, should have beaten the Jags. Um, <laughs> you, you know, I'm not saying that the Chargers are the Colts, but uh, at the moment, <laughs> I can't trust the Jags to do what they're told anyway. Yeah, very true. We'll see how that rib holds up for uh, for Herbert. But yeah, I'm with you on the uh, on that top five. I think they're the best five teams in football. Um, uh, and even outside that, I think the next few teams as well are, are bang there. Um, in terms of the uh, top 10 then, obviously Philly and Miami have moved up. Miami with a huge win over Baltimore, who they surpass. Uh, and then Philly had a very, very big win on Monday Night Football against the Vikings as well, who are a highly ranked team in your rankings. So did you want to just touch on why you felt those teams should be uh, moved up ever so higher? Yeah, so the Eagles, there's conversation as to whether or not the Eagles are the best team in the NFC at the moment, and they look incredibly dynamic on both sides of the ball. Jalen Hurts, um, dare I say it, looks like someone who could well be in the conversation for the MVP title if he continues with this sort of trajectory from the start of the season. Um, so, you know, like I said, I had a I had a bit of a crisis as to whether or not they should even be promoted into the top five. But I think that six is about right. Let's uh, let's wait for consistency first and make sure that it's real before we put them in. The Dolphins, they were in and around anyway. I think I had them at around nine or ten last week, potentially eleven, um, because I didn't know whether to believe the pay, uh, the win against the Patriots, and I was probably right to do that. But if I, I have the Ravens quite high, the Dolphins beat the Ravens. They seemed quite close in any case. 
Um, so, you know, the Dolphins probably deserving of moving up to that, but I'm not going to punish the Ravens too much. The main question with the top 10 was whether or not the NFC North deserved the last two spots at nine and 10. Um, I've kept it in there for now, but kind of as an on notice, I do feel like the 49ers, especially with Garoppolo back um, under center, obviously tragic for Lance, but I actually think it helps the 49ers going forward. Um, you know, I could easily see them occupying one of the top 10 spots. And then you've got surprise packages who aren't in there because their performances have been so poor. You know, the Bengals have had to be dropped, um, I think, for uncontentious reasons now. Um, I think yeah. there were some that were um, maybe a little surprised that they weren't immediately thrown out after the Steelers performance. But what the Cowboys performance showed us is that maybe this isn't a, uh, you, you know, a one-off thing or just a single point of issue. I felt like they had issues on both sides of the ball against the Cowboys, like they did against the, the Steelers. The Cardinals run hot and cold. And then <laughs> you've got... You've got the Raiders and the and the Broncos that are sort of filling out the uh, the the lower part of the um of of the top half of the table, of which you know are, is the AFC West for real? Really, you know, you got the Chiefs and the Chargers, and then does the chasm actually exist? Is is it a standard division really? It's it's too early to tell. That's the problem. But currently, they're there for um. You know they're they're currently there for roster reasons and probably for height reasons more than anything else. But it's also because the second half of the table has teams that are actually relatively poor when you look at the performances so far um, against teams around them. It's uh, it's a bit of a but in terms of actually coming back to your question in terms of the top ten, I realise I've gone all the way down to maybe like sixteen at that point. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, Philly deservedly where they are. Uh, the NFC North is probably the anomaly. Miami and Baltimore are interesting at best. Yeah, I'm with you. And for full full disclosure, that's Philly at six, Dolphins at seven, Ravens at eight. Um, the Minnesota Vikings clinging on to top 10 at nine and then Green Bay moving back into the top 10 there at 10. Um, in terms of those teams as well at the end um, from the NFC North, Minnesota have the Lions, who obviously played very well uh, in week interesting one. Interesting game. Very interesting very game. Interesting. And and in terms of Green Bay, they obviously, like you said earlier, face the Buccaneers. There is a chance that we could come out of this and do this podcast next week and say those two NFC North teams have both lost. Uh, the division looked a lot, hell of a lot weaker. And then teams like San Francisco, the two AFC West teams, you never know Dallas who played in New York next week. They could all start climbing up. So I think yeah, next week's and, schedule... And you never know, the Lions could end up going up like six or seven spots because then I can't ignore them anymore. You know, I feel like putting them at 22 <laughs> is not ignoring them. But uh, if they start beating a team like the Vikings, then I really can't ignore them. No, exactly. Yeah, especially if they put up 30 plus points again, that offense being for real with... Uh, <laughs> A less than average quarterback would be quite impressive uh, for this team. But uh, yeah, I feel like um, six and seven is one that most people are going to be on with you on there. Um, eight, I think everybody loves the Ravens this season and they should have won that game and a few coverage busts meant they didn't. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm interested to see how that NFC North looks next week. Um, going back to what you said about teams outside the top 10, uh, how much more confident are you now in that team at 11, San Francisco 49ers, now they've got a different QB and the centre for the rest of the season? So I believe very much in week one mulligans and you can't get a bigger mulligan <laughs> than the Lake Bowl 
um, you know, you're you're asking a West Coast team that is more used to just well more used to flipping wildfires and beaches and all the rest of it and just dry conditions to essentially play on a on a field of which i'd more likely seen venice than i would anywhere else it was essentially just a lake you know i can't i can't judge anything by it um i felt like they had a much more polished performance on sunday and um you know really really horrible what happened to lance but i don't feel like this was a um like, like the the team and the scheme is ready for Trey Lance yet. I think that Jimmy Garoppolo is far more likely to get the most out of that roster. I think that you saw it. He is a bit of a game manager, but San Francisco quite likes that. I um yeah I I, I just I, I'm quite high on the 49ers in any case. Higher still with Garoppolo under center. Yeah, I completely agree. And their next two games are really interesting as well. They've got the Broncos in week three, which is a team that's underperformed, but are right by them in the, the power rankings. Interesting and then the week game. after, Yeah, week after it's the Rams. So we could see Oof. some top five, top ten movers and shakers there, depending on how those results go. My God, I think I'm on holiday, actually, from that point as well, which means that the power rankings will be done on a, on, on my notes app and just put up on the uh, on, on the site. So that'll be that'll be interesting if I have to move them quite that much. We'll see how uh, how bad the rankings look. You can blame alcohol, see, if you're on holiday at that point. But, um, we'll we'll <laughs> yeah, see how that looks. It is, it is all-inclusive on a cruise ship as well, so uh, oh, I could wow. definitely blame alcohol. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, cool. A team then, I think we should probably talk about is the team in 12 then at Cincinnati. Do you feel like uh, this is maybe you as a Browns fan trying not to be too biased and maybe the Bengals should be lower on most people's rankings for how bad they've been in the first two weeks? Uh, now, for for people that listen to me on the Full 10 Yards NFL podcast will know that I've traditionally been low on the Bengals, even last year. I felt like they were pretenders um that got a fair bit of luck a lot of the off-season talk was about being able to silence the people who were saying that there was a lot of luck surrounding it um that there were serious issues that needed to be to, to be addressed in order for them to go back and at the moment we're just not seeing it um their roster is still very good though the the potential that they have to be able to draw a line under it pretty much any point is very high um i look at the chiefs last year for example and the chiefs slow start and then just being able to brush it off and go right shall we actually go into drive rather than reverse <laughs> and then they started to um start to go forward so i'm wary of them doing something like that it's something which is very possible the one problem that the bengals have is that these were two games that they absolutely should have had um, especially when you consider the quarterbacks that they were playing against, Mitch Trubisky and Cooper Rush, uh, who was a quarterback I hadn't even heard of until uh, the latter <laughs> end of uh, last Sunday. And that's whilst I'd had one too many by that point after celebrating a Browns win. So, um, yeah, you know, when you consider that and the fact that these guys went to the Super Bowl and the roster that they've got and the offensive weapons, which they're just not hitting at the moment, you know, um, Joe Burrow actually got outgained by Cooper Rush, I believe. Um, you know, that's an insane stat. And then he got <laughs> sacked. It was either six or eight times. It was a it, it was a high even number. It's, you, you know, there is a lot to be said that the Bengals should be lower. 
But when you look at the teams that are lower, you wonder as to whether or not that is just as well. You know, the Cardinals, the Raiders, the Broncos, the Cowboys, the Titans, you know, those are the ones immediately under. If you put the Bengals against any of those next week, you'd probably still bet the either way on the Bengals rather than on the other team because you probably still believe that they are the better team at the very least on paper. Yeah, exactly. Especially on paper, that roster is very, very good. We'll see if Zach Taylor can uh, can turn it around and see if Joe can stop getting sacked so much, uh, which I know you spoke about on the Full 10 Yards NFL podcast this week. So go listen to that if you want to listen to why he gets sacked so much. But um, unfortunately, it's not all on the offensive line, but um, that definitely doesn't help so far this season. Next week, no. they've got the Jets, uh, who recently... Uh, Ruined another week for another AFC North team. Uh, and then the week after that, um, they have a... What was the other game? They have the Dolphins followed by the Ravens. So um, some fun yep. games for the they, Bengals. It to gets see. tough. It gets tough. It does. See if they can climb up these ranks. A couple of wins there. We could be talking about a top 10 team. We'll see. Um, now let's move on to, I guess, the interrogation part of the podcast. Uh, I've, you've been doing this for two seasons now and I've enjoyed mocking your rankings and challenging you and getting you to defend them many times so we're going to do that now, that's why now. That's why I wanted you to do this I wanted you to do this because I'm looking for punishment mate I, I want to be held accountable at long last I like it um, so we're going to pick up a couple of spots and get you to discuss why these teams are where they are uh, and what they can do to move up or down depending on where people think they should be so we may as well start with the team that did ruin your Sunday uh, the Jets Big win against a good team. How are they not higher than the Panthers and the Seahawks there? At, uh, 29 at the moment for the Jets. Okay, let me try and put this into a bit of a metaphor. Let's say <laughs> that you end up being hit by lightning five times in a row. But the likelihood of you getting hit by lightning is still like 0.001% throughout your lifetime. Do you buy lightning insurance? <laughs> you know, that's kind of what we're talking about here. The Jets were done. The Jets were out of this game. Um, at no point did the Browns seem uncomfortable during this game until seemingly they went 13 points up. And, you know, the, the, the just the sheer way that the Browns lost that game, you know, the missed PAT to start off with, which just seemed really odd the way that the ball just swerved to the right. It was almost as if God himself had just picked up the ball and just gone, nah, sod that. And then, you know, the busted coverage on the very next play. And then it all just felt very Brownsian. I think it said a lot more about how the Browns capitulated than it did about the Jets. Um, in any case, it seemed almost as if the Browns wanted to lose that game um, towards the end. Uh, there's, I mean, the interrogation on Browns' uh, Twitter and all the rest of it, as you can imagine, is um, borderline surreal. But that's just because of how bad it was that, you know, the, the magnitude of this loss. Um, you know, the win probability, much like with the um, Ravens game at one point, but the Browns were 99.9% likely to win the game with two minutes and two seconds to go. I can't put the Jets too high up based on that. You know, this was lightning striking very, very fast, very, very often in a small amount of time right at the end of the game. Fair play to the Jets, and I've taken them from 32 and I've put them to 29 just because of the fact that they did get that dub and, you know, credit where it's due. It was impressive. 
but let's pump the brakes on actually putting them as a as a team that people should be uh, looking at broader horizons on. Yeah, I think for me, their roster on paper is what's better than a lot of these teams above them. But they are starting a uh, well, a quarterback that actually plays better than their than their normal starter. But yeah, of which then makes you think as to whether or not it would have actually been worse for them with Wilson under center. Of which, like I say, you know, against the Ravens they had nothing really, and against the Browns until until they had the impossible to do, they had nothing. So, you know, there's so, there's so much going to get against giving them too much credit. Yeah. Shout out to, to Garrett Wilson though, for a big performance and also for screaming at a child in the, in the crowd, which is a uh, highlight of the game. Um, another one then, um, interesting one for me, uh, is a team I think should be higher. And I never thought I'd say this before the season, but it is Jacksonville Jaguars sitting there at 24. They are behind the team they've just beaten, which I think always is a power rankings, uh, kind of jumps out to you, doesn't it? When you look at power rankings, if a team's just hammered someone to nil and they're uh, behind them in the rankings, what are your thoughts on Jacksonville being below uh, the Colts, but then also below teams for me like Pittsburgh, New England, and even your Browns who uh, haven't looked impressive so far? Yeah, so this is another one where you kind of have to look at just as to how far they've come from and how far I could push them to and then how far I can really go beyond that. You know, is this a flash in the pan, one game wonder? Is this more about the Colts than it is about the Jags? Is it the other way around? Um, Really, I can't tell from that one game. It was a very impressive one game, but, um, you know, and and this is something which I'm definitely stealing from another Power Rankings podcast here, a far more famous one than mine, but it's the Power Rankings, not the Power Standings. You know, you've got to look at um, whether or not the Jags are a better team and likely to get wins going forward. I still have confidence that the Colts have the better roster. I still have the confidence that the Colts are potentially too low here. They might just be having a bad start and working some kinks out, whereas potentially this was the Jags' ceiling, perhaps. Um, The Jags also pulled off an impressive win against the Colts. I think it was in week one a couple of years ago and then faltered to practically nothing. So I'm, I'm choosing to wait for consistency before putting them too much higher and the Colts too much lower. But there are concerns for the Colts. There are points where i think that the jags could well end up going higher it's just that when when i look at the tier when i look at the um when i look at the company they're holding at the moment they seem to be around the same in terms of the company they're holding and if we're talking about one spot or another it, it gets really difficult when you're talking about you know a handful of spots you know if i look at 21 through 26 pittsburgh detroit indianapolis jacksonville new york giants and seattle you know i'd say that all of those probably deserve to be in around the same company at the moment and that's potentially harsh on the colts when you when you say it like that yeah, Colts fans before the preseason would not be anticipating that we were going to have this. Uh, we were going to be exactly, this yeah. And you've got to keep that in mind. That's that's the problem. You know, if you if you don't keep that in mind, then you could get burned even as early as next week. But the question for the Colts is whether or not they're actually going to get a win by Halloween. You know, for for all, for all I know, I could be having them like 28th, 29th by uh, by mid October, and that's simply because if they continue, if, if this is actually their form, they've got some horror games coming up, and they face. I think they face the Jags again. 
in a few weeks, and they also face the Titans twice. You know, yeah. at some point, form's going to speak. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I'm not sat here in a week's time after they get a miraculous win against my team and uh, and having to watch them fly up the power rankings. We'll see. Um, Tis the NFL. Yeah, <laughs> I am a bit of a, a bit of a believer in the Jags. Really, like I said on another podcast with you uh, on the Go for Two Pod, they are third in offensive DVOA. Trevor Lawrence is fourth in EPA per play. Uh, drive success rate, they're second in the NFL. So their offense is very good. And, uh, I think it's an offensive league, so I'd be struggling to have them behind teams like New England at the moment who uh, sit there at 0-2. And that was the next one, I think. Um, sat there at number 19. Uh, Bill Belichick, best coach to ever live. Always deserves respect. But does this roster uh, probably sit them maybe even behind a team in New York at 25? Could There's an argument that the Pats could be sat here maybe at 26, 27, 28, potentially. To be honest with you, in a week or two, it could easily be that. I'm giving yeah. them a bit of... I'm, I'm giving them the mulligans to start off with, but they're, pro- they're probably the one that slipped through the cracks when I did this, if I'm honest. They could easily be around that 22-23 conversation as well, like you rightly say. It's probably the one where I actually look at it, and I look at it with probably the biggest twinge of regret. But if I look towards the company of which they hold... Do I think that they could, um, you, you know, stand up against the Saints, the Titans, um, the Browns, the Steelers? You know, if I look at the immediate two either side, the answer is probably yes. The Patriots play the Browns in a couple of weeks' time. I could easily see the Browns um, losing to the Patriots, for example, as to whether or not that means I've got them too high is another conversation. But I think that, you know, when you get to the middle, the middle is so packed at the moment. You seem to have a, you seem to have a few at the top that are really good. Then you got a few that are, you know, in conversation for battling them. And then you got this huge malaise in the middle. It's very difficult to actually keep it, uh, to keep it all ordered. Yeah, it is. And I think some of the offences either coming back down to earth or taking a little bit of an increase might might see some changes there. Um, yeah. Last question for you after week two for the power rankings is Chicago Bears are currently sat at 32. Uh, they look terrible in their game. Justin Fields doesn't seem happy with his fan base. The, the team certainly aren't happy with Justin Fields the way they built this team. How many weeks in the NFL season are they not going to be 32, would you predict, going forward? <laughs> I mean, I have to admit, I found it difficult placing them at 32 because obviously they had that win. But again, like I said earlier, it it was the perfect mulligan game for the 49ers, wasn't it? So I think I had them at 32 in week zero and I took them out of it and now they're back in. Um, Stupidly enough, it's going to be one of those where I think that the, um, the bottom spot is going to be shared between Chicago, Atlanta, Washington, and then one of either Carolina or Indianapolis, stupidly enough. It's going to be a really stupid team that sort of like helps them out down there, and it's going to be based on form. Yeah, I agree. I almost think of a team like the Colts are that bad that even though even if they have three or four more wins than a team like the Bears, you'll be putting them at thirty-two just because of how bad uh, <laughs> expectations were compared to that. But um, yeah, I'm with you. I think we could be seeing a uh, a Bears Falcons shootout for uh, for thirty-two, but the offense, unfortunately, for the Bears, just puts them there for me. Yeah. Um, perfect, cool. That is your uh, your week two power rankings. Are there any other teams you want to shout out before we uh, move on next week to week three? 
Um, realistically, I think that it's uh, you, you've got a couple of matchups that uh, are going to be quite important next week. So we've already touched on obviously the the Bucks and the Packers being one that's quite a, a, a tasty one. And then if you're looking at the ones which are around the um, around the malaise, obviously Thursday night football is going to be interesting with Browns versus Pittsburgh because if there's a huge gap that's actually prevalent there, one way or the other, then that could actually cause a bit of an upset for maybe six or seven places around it just because of the um the fallout from that so even as early as thursday i could start <laughs> seeing things start to get picked apart so uh yeah it's at the moment it's too it, it's it's weird these the these rankings at the start of the season you try not to pick form but form is probably thrown in your face more than anything else at this point so yeah i mean tennessee titans at 17 they could easily be 24 um <laughs> you know the denver broncos at 15 they could easily be 20 you know yeah. they're you know there's so many inconsistencies so far this season and it's only through the next maybe four weeks that you're going to start seeing patterns emerge at long last yeah, if the Giants can beat uh, Cooper Rush next week, I'll be interested to see how low we can <sighs> keep a three and O team. That's what I'm excited for next week. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, the Giants are the only two and O team that are in the twenties, and they are deep in twenty five. It was the first thing that uh, our network channel, Big Blue uh, UK and Ireland, were straight at me for. <laughs> just like, um, first of all, how dare you? Yeah, I know. I dare because I, how? How has this happened? Who has allowed? <laughs> this to happen but uh, fair play to them fair, you know you get wins where you can and considering the way in which the cowboys are going to have to fight like hell in order to um to get to get win- their win counts up and the fact that washington looked like one of the worst teams in football <laughs> you know the nfc isn't the best the giants could sneak a wild card spot and i feel like i now need to swill my mouth out of alcohol saying that because even if they do make it into the playoffs, they're probably still going to be about 19th on this thing. Answer to these questions, but let us know your thoughts every single week on Twitter at Full10Yards. Um, I'm sure you can abuse Josh at jhenwood 92 as well if you want to personally abuse his rankings. Um, but you can go but you can go read them as well at Full10Yards.co.uk. Um, in terms of the rest of the podcast, we have uh, the preview show for Go for Two coming out later in the week, probably on Thursday. Uh, alongside the betting show at Full 10 Yards as well that should come out Thursday uh, live and then be in your podcast feeds by, by Friday. So, yeah, thanks again, Josh, for uh, for joining me, mate. Um... Brilliant. Yeah, fantastic. Nicely done, Liam. That's uh, that, that, that's one in the books. I look forward to uh, I look forward to be ringed out every uh, every single <laughs> week for my uh, for my power ranking uh, prowess or lack thereof as you uh, as you like to um like to playfully point out on a weekly basis yeah we shall see but yeah thanks again for listening guys go follow us uh on twitter at full 10 yards and then you can get this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts cheers cheers thank you for listening to the full 10 yards power rankings podcast with josh henwood and liam horsley don't forget to subscribe to the full 10 yards podcasts and follow us on twitter at full 10 yards <laughs>